All right, episode four or five? I don't know, but we, I do know that we have oh. two shots of whiskey, and yours is smaller than mine, and, and oh, so I know story that of you my can life. Do it, yeah. All right, so uh, episode five, I'm going to call it, and uh, this is actually take two. So hopefully we don't have take to. Take two is here. Yep, here yeah. we go. Ready? Right, uh, you go the, first. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> oh, speaking there of there, it goes. Ah, speaking of your twenty, smooth as butter. It is. I'm going I'm to fix our camera now here too. Yep, there we are. So, not that changed anything for audio for you guys, but it looks a little more frame now in video. There we go. Yeah. So, after I don't know how long you've been here, an hour, we're <laughs> finally, <laughs> up and, finally up and running. Yeah. And you feel like you wasted your 20s. Yeah, I think the 20s were kind of a waste. I mean, we got a lot done, you know, bought a house, had a kid. But I also think that, um, like, giving back to the community and being more of a community leader um, and maybe even just, you know, focusing more on fathering. I could have done more in my 20s. Uh, I feel like now I'm 36 now that I have taken up that rule in my 30s. But I think 20s, maybe I should have had more mentoring, a little more guidance. Like I was, I mean, you have to find yourself. But I think that's a lot of what the 20s were for me. Yeah. And find yourself. Are you feeling all right? <laughs> that whiskey settling okay? Yeah, and two shots back to back was a little. <laughs> Well, yeah, you drink a little bit though, don't you? Well, like Fireball or wine, you know, or very bougie cocktails, but not just not straight shots anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah. So, so as far as thinking that we're getting things done, do you feel like you're getting a lot of things done this quarantine, or how's that going for you? Yeah, I don't think my life has been impacted very much. If anything, I've had to take on more um, because you know. Being at a new new job and being at the level I'm at and having to take care of my son, um, you know, my wife is there, but he's with me pretty much throughout the whole day now. And so trying to educate him and keep him entertained and, you know, it really sucks. Do you keep it. him entertained? Yeah, well, the TV does and yeah. the tablets do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's and Well, it sucks because we live across the street from a park and you can't go. Like the park is actually closed. Like we don't want him running around with neighborhood kids. So, um, trying to find a good outlet for him has been difficult, especially because he's a swimmer. He swims three nights a week for an hour. Um, that's good exercise and helps him kind of process at the end of the day better. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of kids are, they've got to be lacking exercise right now, especially apartment kids or just people stacked on top each other, on top of each other on metropolitan areas. Yeah. I mean, that's why everybody's getting Corona over there because everybody's just stacked on top of each other and there's nowhere to go. Um, and who knows why California doesn't seem to be having as many problems. Maybe it's because the sun's UVs destroy it when it's warm out. I don't know. It's probably, it probably has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, not that there's any one cause of anything, but it's all these small causes just kind of tip the scales. Um, certainly life is different in those two areas. Sweden, I guess has decided screw it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hungary flipped from a democracy to a dictatorship. Yeah. Um, well, you know, one of the things I'm There's thinking is there was a lot of people sick uh, in, er- in the early part of this year, and a lot of them were on the West Coast. So I'm actually kind of sitting back, and we'll see here in probably six months to a year uh, with doing antibodies tests, how many people have already had this? I don't know. You know. How many people's immune systems have already fought it this year and will be prepared 
I'm really worried about what people are going to actually find out because there's no hiding the truth at yeah. this point. There's zero hiding truth. You can't hide whatever mistakes were made or the information that was available at the time. And by all accounts, it seems to be that everybody was fine with the decision that needed to be made when and how it needed to be made. And I would have made the exact same decision, too. And as information changes and we find out new things, why are we still a month later still stuck in the I don't know, it'll be okay when I feel it's okay phase? When we have enough PPE, when we have flattened the curve enough, we have already flattened the curve and we've done what we've been told and everybody is already, like you said yesterday, the freeway is just as full as it was yep. a month ago, as it w but two weeks ago it wasn't. Correct. Yeah. And what is that? That's just people getting that's people getting fed up and i i told you this outside too that the baby boomer generation is the one that has the keys and the power to the economy and everything else right now they are the generation that grew up after world war ii and never learned the actual sacrifices that had to be made that their parents did from World War II. World mm -hmm. War II, they recognized that the world was a screwed up place and they needed to take control of that and to make a positive change in the world so that their kids wouldn't suffer the same way all of those other people did for all of those years. And so this is just history repeating itself time and time and time and time again because how far back can we go in time where the kings, you know, had to re lead the revolt against the other tyrants uh, because they were an oppressed people. And then the princes, you know, just ate from the king's table and never learned the value of sacrifice and what it actually turned it what it actually took to maintain that and so when they get the keys they screw it all up and then it just flips once again yeah and that's where we're at and generation z they're not putting up with it right now they are they are more right than left mm -hmm. and that's something that the left that's largely in charge in a lot of ways at least in our state mm -hmm. um and i'm not i'm not right or left i'll be clear i'm not a republican or a democrat i think that they're both wrong on a lot of things and i think that a good leadership a good leader needs to say i'm sorry i screwed up this was the information i had at the time this is why i made this decision when we were weighing five different things now that we've had time to review this we sh maybe we could have done this a little bit better and this is how we're going to move better forward so that you have that transparency and the honor and the the honesty from the leadership from start to finish so that when there is a big decision that needs to be made and there's a hard decision that has to be made when people's lives when you're there's these choices in life where there are no good choices to be made we didn't have any good choices to be made and there's going to be a bad decision that has to be made next and the next decision is a bad decision it doesn't matter what it is it's going to be a bad decision because it's going to cost people's lives or livelihoods or anything else. Well, and I mean, part of it is just a generational gap, too, because, um, you know, I saw this saying from a psychiatrist, and it really kind of stuck out to me that, you know, uh, a boomer asking a millennial to t put their phone away is just as rude. So the boomer thinks it's rude to have a, a phone out, correct? Like at dinner. Yeah. Well, the millennial believes it's rude to ask somebody to put it away. And neither of them are right or wrong. It's just a different paradigm. It's a different perception of, you know, what's acceptable and not, you know. 
a lot of people have problems with, and you and I are senior millennials. We're like right yeah. at the, right at the, <laughs> we're technically millennials, but we're right in the we're at the end of it. And um, something that's surprising to a lot of uh, older people that they don't realize that a 25 year old can come into a business and doesn't need to start in the mail room or as a secretary or they don't need to start at the bottom. They can move into a junior executive position right away. If you have the right person with the right mentality, the right work ethic, um, and they know that millennials know that yeah, and they've been kind of demanding it because you always hear like, Oh, you know, I need to start as a manager with this much an hour. Well, it's because they have a lot of skills they've learned. You know, they have a whole different education. And then that 18 yeah. to 25, they have a lot of different experience um, building up their career. So just to me, part of it is a different view of um, respects. Yeah, they certainly have. Uh, millennials, I don't think that they work less hard than the next generation. I think they work differently, mm-hmm. it seems to be. They work, they work differently. They don't, they view the world as... I can do these things and I know these systems are in place and these are the rules. How can I do the best given these rules? That's how I see a lot of the millennial generation. And a lot of millennials that are over 35 or over 30 have realized that your career isn't just about money. It's about livelihood and what kind of hours you're going to work, what kind of benefits you're going to get, um, you yeah. know, what kind of flex time you're going to get. And some of that comes in. I mean, so, <laughs> some people actually consider, you know, leaving a job that's $5 an hour more if they're allowed to bring their dog to work with them. And to some, some people that would just think that's absolutely, absolutely asinine. And other people are like, yeah, I want to bring my dog with me. And so it's just, you know, it just brings you back again to difference of opinions. So now let me ask you this question. How well do you think the people are doing right now who feel like they had to bring their dog with them to work? I, I think they're in the same boat as the person that, doesn't bring their dog to work with them though. You think so? Oh yeah. Because part of well, being happy isn't only monetary though. And you and I both know that that's hundred percent true. But if you're, if you are comfortable with yourself and if bringing your dog to work makes you feel better throughout the day at home and the office, then is it worth that $5 an hour? I'm going to say, I'm going to just going to go out there and I'm going to say if the type of person that has to bring their dog to work makes them feel better, they're insecure about themselves, and that's why they need the dog at work. And, you know, but everybody has their own thing, you know? And I, if somebody wants to bring their dog with them, you know... I like and, dogs. And, I don't have a problem but, with yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I don't want to bring my... <laughs> either of my old, dogs. I don't, yeah, don't want to bring dogs. my two dumbass I'll dogs I'll pet all me. the dogs. But. But, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, some people... Everybody has their own different way of releasing stress, and, um, and it might not even be about stress. It just might be an option that you're like... That's a cool option, you know? Yeah. Like, this is a forward-thinking company, you know? I might be able to advance other ideas that I have. Yeah. And there's not as much you're qualified for the job or you're right for the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, They expect that if you're right for the job, that qualifications matter. But there's also a lot of them that seem to feel like, you have to be qualified in such a way in order to do that. They've been taught that, but I think that now they are realizing it after all this college debt. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't get the job that they thought they were going to have. They are going to have to 
uh, you know, skimp on on everything just to save up for a down payment for a house that their job now doesn't support because the housing market has gone nuts. And well, now nobody knows anything. But there's a lot of anger in the millennial generation. And there's a lot of insecurity in the millennial generation. And, and that insecurity from the coddling, I think, of everybody's emotions of, oh, it just needs to be the way that you feel like the way that you feel like your feelings aren't facts they're emotions and that's kind of where that's what part of my frustration is what's going on with the closures in the covid crisis is that the governor will open everything when she feels that it's okay to do so but her feelings are an emotion which are dictated by the temperature outside what she ate for breakfast whether or not she had a shot of whiskey before she did the podcast like us too you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i mean and that's completely (laughs) wrong it needs to be factual based yes you know when we've gone this many days without deaths when this many contract contracted cases drops to this level per day yes you know we are going to start you know easing back into normal life but it's not you know okay well you know what i hear is good stuff so we're gonna go ahead and open it up yeah. It we, needs to be factual based. And it needs to be public. based. Every Oregonian should know, like, okay, we need this many days without this and this and this. And maybe we'll work together as a team better. But when you keep it in the dark and say, Well, when I when the when the scratch on my head tells me that we're gonna open back up, nobody's on board with that. No. And and uncertainty inspires fear. Absolutely. And, and, he, and rebellion. Oh God. And Look the, at Michigan right now, it's going insane. The wave is coming. Mm-hmm. We've been telling everybody if you if you're not on TikTok, TikTok is ten days ahead of the rest of everything mm-hmm. else. That's why I'm going to predict the future and tell you that the supply chain is going to have meat problems in ten days, Be, or, or less within a, a week, two weeks. I guess I'll say that because that's what seems to be happening right now with pork processing plants closing. Nobody can drive trucks and do these sorts of things that they need to do. That there's shortages in the warehouses and everything USDA else. USDA inspectors. I mean, it all. And there's no, and it would be okay if we had an answer and some certainty. And there is no certainty. And everybody's relying on reaction because nobody was taught leadership. Like our, our elected officials are taught law. They're lawyers. Mm-hmm. They're taught law. They're not, law has nothing to do with leading. Law and leading are contradictory they should work together but it's not the same fucking thing <laughs> it's not no it's and not. that's who's in power making all the decision of the people that have been have their feelings coddled for the whole generation and when i feel it's all okay we'll open it back up and that's how i lead that is a terrible way to lead it's awful and it doesn't work and generation z knows it and they're going to rebel against it i they are and yeah like michigan like you said i it's not the United States was not a peaceful place amongst its people before all of this went down, mm-hmm. and now they really have somebody to be mad at. Where people aren't, we're not. The average person isn't fighting the average person right now. That anger is still there. Where's it going? Straight to the top. Oh, but it, yeah, and it, it it is absolutely still boiling up. I mean, <laughs> parents can only take some. I mean, you. I'm sure you and your partner and me and my partner. We've had lots of conversations about, you know, how childcare is going to work from now till September. Yeah. You know, that's a huge deal. You want to talk about hitting the um, economy. You know, luckily, I'm fortunate enough I can drag my kid along with me throughout the day or, or we can find some uh, family member to watch him. 
but a lot of people aren't in that circumstance you know no no they're not frustrated um we live in a world where it is necessary for two parents to work They've been taught and trained for a couple generations now that you know, women need to go out and work and now there's nobody to stay at home with the kids because we built a society that now needs women to work mm-hmm. where it was an option before now it now in order for it to all work women have to work absolutely and they don't have and uh, it, and there's no longer even the option for the women that don't want to work that have that biological response to want to stay home with the kids so strongly and society is just not built for them and they have no options other than to separate from their children which violates nature and look at why one in five women in the u.s and western world are on antidepressants and we've we've talked about like how did the how did the cavemen survive you know like how did our ancestors (laughs) make it every single day where they were fed and they bred and they just kept going on with life like that would just be so damn hard would it part of it oh for sure absolutely i mean just go out it'd be like a episode of naked and afraid (laughs) for the whole for your whole life i could make you a case as to why they had a better well, I'm gonna. I believe they had it better, you know, because yeah. when the women did go out and um, do the gathering and berry picking and uh, planting gardens, they had that baby strapped to them. That baby didn't leave their side ever. You know why the men were out hunting for two or three days or five yeah. days at a time. You know that. I mean, that is one part of what got us through so much. I'll be clear. I really think the Stone Age would have sucked a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sounds like 5G is going to do some cool stuff, and it might, you know, kill us all too, depending on who we <laughs> who we who we want to believe right now. Which is, dude, that's the interesting part. Is there? Yeah, you were supposed to remind me of this. Is all the conspiracies that are yep. popping up right now? There are so many conspiracies, all of them. Yeah, for sure. And who knows what's true? I got like five of them. <laughs> all right, shoot them off. All right, so one. Bill Gates um, wants to depopulate the earth. I have no idea why he seems to have everything that he wants. <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. Um, two is that 5G... Uh, well, this is one about 5G is just at the same time to divert the attention. I've then heard that um, 5G... So I have also heard that... Oh, so these are two different ones. They might go together. I'm not sure. Um, the third one is that 5G is actually like gives the radiation that like makes you shed the virus and that created coronavirus. Hmm. I have heard that um, that China man-made it and released it and that like the cronies at the World Health Organization are in on it. Um, I've, I've heard still the the morphing robot thing that like. <laughs> And then, well, how many am I up to now? I don't even know. What are the other? What are the other ones that like people are talking I about? I don't know. I mean, from? I you know, but would it be plausible for for Chi- the Chinese government or a Chinese mafia, if you even want, um, to create the virus in an aerosol form and just spray it in a subway tunnel, and then they can watch and measure, you know, the infection rate, you know, how they are treating it building hospitals, helping people. 
So there's a whole bunch of things they can measure from this. You know, it could be a very beneficial thing. And then how worldwide pandemic it can really go. You know, who knows in two years, they come out, you know, there's another stronger virus that, you know, we've never had to fight before. You want to hear my Was this a dry run, you know? You want to hear my conspiracy that I... I don't know if this is the same one that I made up on the spot earlier, but it's probably kind of similar. I'm going to make up. I'm go. going to make it up again. That's not rooted in fact at all. So my conspiracy is is that China and uh, Russia, because they don't seem to give a shit at all right now, and <laughs> the United States are all in on it together because we figure that those three powers can control everything, right? So what better way to? Oh yeah. No, this is different from my first conspiracy. So here I have two different ones now. <laughs> so I'll follow this one though. So now all three of them are in on it together. Um, I'm not really sure why, <laughs> but nonetheless, all three of them are in on it together, so that they can spread the virus and then unanimous, unanimously, because it's man-made, they can figure out who they want to kill with flicks of switches and turn people into zombies, and then we can uh, go zombie hunting. I don't know about that one. You don't know about that? <laughs> it doesn't sound very likely. <laughs> the other one is that uh, this one makes more sense. This is one I told earlier today before I had the shots of whiskey. Mm-hmm. So the other one was that, uh, that, ch- that China or the United States, uh, because China first blamed the United States soldiers out there, um, which I doesn't seem likely to me, <laughs> you know, China lies about everything <laughs> and covers it up. Uh, which is pretty verifiable, and that together that was the Green New Deal because they needed to slow down the economy of the world for four months in order to get aggressive enough that to shut everybody down, and that was the only way that we we're going to save the planet. I don't know either. I still like the, <laughs> I still like mine where China that manufactured one where, it. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to blame that one. Completely on Alexandria or Cortez. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, she manufactured the virus <laughs> to slow down the, yeah. to slow down the economy. Um, but I mean, it was for everyone though. It was definitely a measurable, um, or it still is a measurable occurrence. I mean, it, it did shut our economy down. People lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in their four hundred one k's. You know, m- millions of people are on unemployment. You know. Um, yeah. So not every war has to be waged with um, with guns. I mean, it really can't. I mean, if, with a spray of an aerosol can in a in an airport, and you've just fucked a lot of people. Yeah. Well, we know that poverty shaves ten years of life off of everybody. Mm-hmm. And more people died from poverty in the Great Depression than World War One. Right. I'm not sure. We looked this up. Um, a while ago on how many people was, died. Yeah, um, we did. We, we we did. So let's see. It was. Uh, so let's see. We're going to see how many people died in the Great Depression. Seven million people. Okay, so not 70. Um, and then how many people died in World War One? What's your guess? World War Two. more people died, though. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your guess for World War One? Oh, I don't remember at all. You don't. You don't have a guess? No. Nothing. Um, well, it was definitely yeah, yeah. See, I thought it was more like seventy million died in the Great Depression, and I was wrong because oh, okay. way more people died in World War One, uh, which was 40, 
40 million. There were 20 million deaths and 21 million wounded. 9.7 million military personnel and 10 million civilians. Yeah. That's interesting. That I didn't actually know. Learn something new every day. But yeah, I mean, just, I mean, look at this is, you know, a bad flu as everybody says not to call it or to call it. Um, but it did. I mean, it, it brought our country to its knees, literally. Mm-hmm. Do you think it needed to? I mean, the market did need to be reset. Yes. Um, but I don't want people to suffer. You know, I, I definitely don't ever want yeah. to see people um, suffer, or not have money in their bank accounts that they should. And Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think that was about 30 minutes there. Yeah. So, yeah. Any updates? Any, I mean, anything else going on? How many followers are you up to on TikTok now? How many followers am I up to on TikTok? Yeah. As of well, like, right now, I'm at 35. So you are at 35. I'm along. Uh, but my videos are getting, you know, over a thousand views every time, which is fun. I, I don't do very many. I just try to do light, fun ones. I am. So last week we talked about what, about TikTok the whole time, mm-hmm. and I think I had about 130 followers. Yeah. So yeah. I you, just, uh, maybe uh, maybe like 230. You were at like was I decent girl looking level of followers? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. We could look, we could look back. Um, but anyways, so my <laughs> my last seven day analytics. Check this out. This isn't bad if you can't even. I don't even know if you can see that on the freaking screen. But it is. I have had uh, 1.13 million uh, video views. I have 44,002 followers. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I have one video. One of my video has, um, yeah, uh, over over 164,000 likes, 550 comments, over 10,000 people have shared it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's in my traffic source is all, yeah, from the For You page in the United States. And the really sad thing is 700,000 views on that. That's crazy. Out of, out of 700,000 views, 10,000 people shared it. Yeah. That's a lot, mm-hmm. man. Um, so, uh, and I, I did that, this, this sounds like a thing. I did this for business reasons. I felt like there was a good opportunity for me on TikTok to kind of take that to hit a niche. And so I hit a niche that is very interesting to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, just in psychology, it's something that I, I'm really interested in. And so I did this series on, I did this stuff on attachment series and the different types of relationship attachments, you know, business, everything that we do. I'm in the relationship business. The wedding business is all about relationships. And so I wanted to see if I could create the same audience on TikTok that is not getting married or has anything to do with weddings and hit that complete niche market and generate the same following. So one of the other things that's interesting about my analytics, and this says a lot about just the psychology of people in the, in the United States right now, and this is sad uh, because this is a thing about insecure attachment types, uh, you know, avoidance, uh, in, you know, in, all these insecurities. You know, half the population, at least, when, well, when they did all this research in the 60s, at least was insecure. And they built a lot of stuff on this, but 
Um, and if you want to see it, check out my TikTok. But it's all about it's all about the you know disorganized attachment, avoidant attachments, mm-hmm. um, anxiety, you know, the fear where it all comes from. And it was eighty one percent of my TikTok following is female, and nineteen uh, and you know nineteen percent male. 97% in the United States, which is the most insecure place in the world. Sure. <laughs> um, and it's really, you can learn a lot from TikTok. You really can. And I thought that that was the fact that I could throw a video series out there. I could light one on fire mm-hmm. to get it started. And then I could throw out the subsequent things to that audience and have them respond that way. I didn't think, I knew I was going to get a response. I did not have any idea that it was going to hit that hard and the fact that it did is it, it's sad it's well i sad. mean it's crazy that you think that in a less than a 60 second video you were reaching more people than the lead news organization in oregon yeah mm-hmm. right and every time i post now i have an audience the size of Autzen stadium that listens to what i say yeah it's or at least has the opportunity to um it's they see my face now every single day it's really weird yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you don't even dance like no i don't (laughs) dance i sit like this and i say things this is what i do i say things like this and um it was weird It, it was like i i'm happy it was really it's really sad though like when i go in the comments there's so many comments where people are like, oh my God, like this like struck, this is exactly me. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, me going through a book review and you know, I, I, I'm competent in the subject matter. I, I'm not an authority on it. You're not a licensed I'm, uh, professional. I am an unlicensed psychotherapist on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. and like people write, like people DM me, like dude, somebody is like, I I have this attachment type because I, my step my step siblings tried to like kill us and pulled guns.